We would like to welcome you this morning to Abundant Life Ministries as Pastor Stuart Guthrie brings a message from God's Word. We hope it challenges, encourages, and strengthens your walk with the Lord. It's been a while since we've been in the book of Nehemiah. And so I just want to, not an overview of everything, but really just a recap of what we looked at the last time we were in Nehemiah. And there were uh, a few items that I wanted to, to remind us of. Um, a few things that we discussed that I think that I need to be reminded of and that um, uh, that God, I believe, wants us all to be reminded of. And one thing that, that if you recall, was that God doesn't work on our um, time frame. God works in, in His time frame and in His ways. Uh, and, you know, that's really, that's true. And... If you remember, it took, took about four months from the time that Nehemiah began praying until it was the time that Nehemiah's prayers began to be answered by God. And so we had a discussion about those things in which God placed on Nehemiah's heart to go and to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. He, he prayed about all of those things, but it took a while before he really got the answer. And the second thing that, that I was reminded of as I look back at my notes was that we noticed that while Nehemiah waited, it was a very painful time for him. And so I'm reminded that, you know, maybe while we're waiting on things in our own lives, even as a church, but also in our individual lives, that time of waiting can be difficult. It can be painful. It can be a time of stretching. It can be time of, of God refining us like gold. Getting all of those impurities out so that we can be refined like gold. And so Nehemiah, if you remember, it said that he was sad and the king saw it all over his face. He said, why is your face sad though you're not sick? And he said, this is nothing but sadness of heart. Now, Nehemiah was perplexed in his spirit. But listen, God the whole time was working in the very heart of Nehemiah. His waiting, I don't believe, would would nearly be a stretching as it will be to get the job done of rebuilding the wall once God begins to open those doors. The time of waiting as we're waiting can be painful when God calls us to do something, when God calls us to ministry, when God calls us to a certain place, to a certain time. As we wait for God, that can be very stretching. But many times, it's not until we get to where God wants us to be that we really see that stretch begin to take place. And God begins to grow us there. And so the faith that it would take, the endurance that it would have to be given, the persecution that would have to be faced by Nehemiah, God was preparing even before the work began through his painful time of waiting. And so that's really the context of chapter 2, verses 1 to 3, and now we're going to look at chapter 2, verses 4 to 6. And so if you will, let's look there tonight. Chapter 2, verses 4 to 6. It says, Then the king said to me, 
what would you request? So I prayed to the God of heaven. And I said to the king, if it please the king, and if your servant has found favor before you, send me to Judah, to the city of my father's tombs, that I may rebuild it. Then the king said to me, the queen sitting beside him, how long will your journey be, and when will you return? So it pleased the king to send me, and he gave, and, and I gave him a definite time. I want us to consider just a few things of how Nehemiah responds to this vital question in which the king asks, what would you request? So number one, I want us to see is Nehemiah's reaction was God-focused. Nehemiah's reaction was God-focused. How many times in our lives, when we've approached God in prayer, numerous times over a period of time, and have been living in that what I would call waiting stage of life, that time of stretching, that time of pain, that time of difficulty, when it looks like the door's opening, that we jump right in. Not considering if it's something that God is calling us to do at that time or not. But that's not what we see happening in the life of Nehemiah. It's been four months. He's in pain. His in a desires to go and do the work of God. He knows what he's going to do. He knows God's given him that desire to rebuild the walls. And now when Nehemiah is finally asked by the king, what is it you're requesting? Nehemiah's told that he prayed. He didn't jump to a rash decision because it seemed like, oh, this is a good opportunity. He didn't just go with what It was that he wanted. It tells us that he prayed. Now I believe he prayed because he wanted the king's favor. He knew what he had been called to do. He knew that God wanted him to rebuild the wall. There was no doubt about the work that was to be done for Nehemiah. And so he wanted favor from this king because he knew... That losing a cupbearer as the king would be light-threatening to the king. And the reality was is that it would be a difficult task for the king to let him go do what he was going to do. Nehemiah didn't say, well, since you asked, well, here's what I want. He prayed first. We don't know what he prayed But we can come to a kind of an idea of what he might have prayed. He wanted to rebuild the wall. He wanted the king to let him go and rebuild the wall. But not only did Nehemiah want him to let let him go and to rebuild the wall, but he wanted help from the king. He had plans. And we'll see that next time as we look at at God giving this man, Nehemiah, favor in the eyes of of the king as the king helps him in this process. And so because Nehemiah wanted to make sure that he was trusting not only in this king in which he was asking favor from, but God himself. 
And so that's what we see. We see him seeking. What would you request? He says, so I prayed to the God of heaven. I prayed to God of heaven. You know, I long in my personal life to trust God like that. To trust in God so much that, listen, I've been praying for this for so long, and here it lies. I'm not just going to jump right in. No, first thing I'm going to do is pray to God. See, he knew what he was called to do, but he wanted to make sure God was first in the process of getting it done. And I want to know about our reactions. How is it lately that we have reacted in our prayer time? When God has put us in a, on, a, on a waiting period, and then it comes about, how do we respond? Something else that I find very real to our lives today is the fact that Nehemiah had a plan. He knew what it was that God wanted him to do. There was no doubt. There was no question. He, he, he wasn't tossed to and fro by, by the circumstances that were before him. He knew that God wanted him to rebuild the wall. It was the desire of his heart that God had given him, and he had a focused plan to rebuild the wall. Now, while that timeless truth of him rebuilding that wall may not be the same in our lives, God may have not called you to rebuild the wall. He may have not called you to do this or that, but here Nehemiah was called to build the wall, and so he was doing what God had called him to do. And so he had a plan. And so I think it's important as we watch Nehemiah keep his reliance on the Lord, that we need to consider what is it? What is it just that God wants us to do in our lives, in our ministry, in our church? God may not call you to rebuild the walls of something, but he could be calling you to manage your money better. It could be to quit something that, that, that you're in the habit of doing that maybe is not that honoring to God. It, it could be that uh, He's calling you to get out of debt. It could be that He's calling us as a church to get out of debt. Whatever it is, whatever that is that God has been laying on your heart, maybe that's what it is that God's calling you to do at this time. You know, my prayers for this church have been that God would allow us the ability to get out of debt as a church. My, my, my prayers have been that God would, would free us from the bondage of debt. That we would experience that freedom as a church. This is what I feel that the Lord wants us to do in this church is to get out of debt. To pay those people in which we owe money. So that we as a church can have a good reputation as a church. So that we bring honor to God, not dishonor to God. Now, I know this task is in some way, shape, or form out of our hands. But, 
the ability to do so is in the hands of God. I faithfully believe that God owns all the money in the world. And He can disperse it to and fro as He wishes. And listen, I believe that as time goes on, God will begin to bless this church with spiritual things when we can begin to handle the physical things. And I think in order for us to do that, we have to be like Nehemiah and have a reliance on God and be praying for this very thing. And then wait on God. Then wait on the opportunity to arise. And when it does, let us remember how Nehemiah responded with prayer. You know, I got it written here as almost as I'm preparing this message as a prayer, oh God, we know that you want this. We, we know you want us to be out of debt as a church. There's no doubt that that's a biblical call for us as the church, to not be in debt to those people. Yes, there's certain things that, that we can be in debt on to, a stand, to an extent, but the reality is is we need to make sure that we're... we're uh, uh, fulfilling our obligations financially to people that have committed to us. And I, and I pray, Lord, help us by making it happen. And that's what's happening right here in verse 5. As he's prayed, oh God, and then he speaks. I said to the king, If it please the king, and if your servant has found favor before you, send me to Judah, to the city of my father's tombs, that I may rebuild it. His purpose is still on task to rebuild. He's prayed up. The reality is most likely it's one of those quick prayers which gives the idea that, that this man has been praying previously about this very thing. And it's just another plea for grace and for mercy that God would grant the request in which he had been praying for for four months. You know, as we've been trying to decide what to do as a church with the school and with the facilities and Really, you know what? I don't have any idea what God wants. But I do know He wants us to be out of debt, that He wants us to pay our bills. I do know that. And so I, I was standing outside, and Miss Julie said, you know, somebody called and said they wanted to buy the land. I said, great, sell it. I didn't pray about it. I didn't think about it. I said, sell it. Let's pay off the debt. That sounds great to me. And the reality is, as I sat in my office and, and, I, and I looked at Nehemiah's response, I thought, man, I just had, I had a, I had a, I didn't have the right response. I had an inappropriate response. In my prayer, my office was 
God, we know you want us to be out of death. We know you want us to be debt-free. We know you want us to pay our bills so that we can be a, a good example to people, that we can bring honor to the church, not dishonor to the church, that we can build up your name, not break down your name. So, Father God, we beg you right now that if that land is to be sold, God, to pay off the debt, then, then we rely on you to sell it. And we have our priorities in order, God. We want to take that money, pay off the debt, pay off everybody we owe so that we can be faithful to honoring you. Sell the building, sell the school, sell the bus, sell whatever it is you need to be done so that we, God, can do what it is you called us to do. That was my prayer in my office. Whatever it is, God, you want us to do, we'll sell it all if we can accomplish your purpose. And maybe it would please not this king in which we read about, but maybe it would please the king of kings and lord of lords. But that wasn't my reaction. When I heard about the news that somebody might want to buy the land, I should have pleaded with God right away. It shows, it shows me my selfishness in thinking that we can accomplish this thing on our own. This is above us. This is God. This is a God thing. I should have pleaded with God right away. And that's what Nehemiah did. And then he asked. And then what we find in verse 6 is it says, Then the king said to me, notice the queen sitting beside him. He asked a question. How long will your journey be? And when will you return? So it pleased the king to send me and I gave him a definite time. Listen, Nehemiah had his stuff together. I mean... He had his stuff together. Look, I bid jobs all the time. I bid jobs on a daily basis now. And, and when I'm bidding a job, they want to know how much money it's going to cost, and they want a breakdown of how much it's going to do this, this, and this. But what they want to know is when are you going to start and what else? When are you going to finish? Okay? They want to know when you're going to start and when you're going to finish. Especially these home builders, because when you finish determines what kind of bonus they're going to get. And so if you're five days late, they may lose $3,000. So they want to know not only when you're going to start, but more importantly, I want to know when you're going to be done, and can you manage the job well enough to be done on time. And that's difficult to do. But notice, the king asked him, How long will your journey be? And when will you return? Now think about that. Had Nehemiah been to Jerusalem? He, he caught wind of it, right? Remember, the guys traveled, they came, and they, asked, they told Nehemiah what was going on in Jerusalem. He had no idea what the project looked like. But what do you think Nehemiah had been doing for four months while he was praying? 
putting together a plan. He was laying out a plan to accomplish what it was that God was calling him to do. And listen. I believe in my heart that Nehemiah wasn't sitting there twiddling his thumbs. He was serving the king and building a game plan for what God was calling him to do. We need to first, as a church, as a people in our everyday lives, know what it is that God wants to do in our lives. You know, Virgil called me the other day and said, Hey, listen, man, I'm excited. I'm, I'm looking at starting a ministry. What a, what a blessing it is for, for people in the church to have a desire to evangelize. If you don't know Virgil well enough, you know that Virgil's an evangelist at heart. He wants to share the gospel with people. Okay, he'll share them at Walmart. He'll share them with these kids in here. He'll tell them straight up. But he said, I, I, I want to I I start a ministry, and, and he's excited about it. And, you know, I know that comes with preparation. He, he, he's got a, something God's give him in his heart to know that I want to do this, I want to do this, and I want to do this. When I started the, the Christian Fishing Association, I remember sitting down just taking notes and it was like God was giving me everything lined out, what He wanted me to do, what it was going to look like now, what it was going to look like three years down the road, what it was going to look like four years down the road. But my problem was, is I didn't prepare. And, and so, when Nehemiah expressed the time frame in which he re- returned, it said it pleased the king. Now, I believe that God has someone, I don't know who that is, waiting on us to get our plan together, to know that we know that we know that this is what God wants us to do. And when we have that plan in order, I believe God will begin to answer our prayers. And God, through someone like the king, will help us do whatever it is that God's calling us to do. And as long as we build this church, our ministries, our lives, our businesses, built upon the foundation of Jesus Christ, the gates of hell will never destroy.